Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. I want to thank you for continuing to listen into the podcast. There's some exciting news maybe you haven't heard. I wrote a book entitled A Caring Life, How Each of Us Can Change the Trajectory of an Uncaring World. And it's available on Amazon and Audible and print and Kindle. And in this book, I share stories from my life in Hollyford, West Virginia, all the way to Burkina Faso, Kenya, and Madagascar, and give each of us practical examples and questions for us to consider and think about. I really believe our world is moving more towards an uncaring environment, and this book challenges each of us to be introspective, to see how we're caring for those around us, and what we can do, looking at self-awareness, caring caring cross-culturally, looking at our expectations and assumptions and caring. I believe it's a valued book for each and every person that will read it and will take away some action steps that they can become more caring in the world that we live in. Well, let's jump into today's interview. Hey there, and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name is Aaron Sandemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down, continuation of our series, Revisited, with Pastor Mark Lehman. Uh, Mark is somebody that I consider a a spiritual father and mentor to me, and uh, just a joy to sit down and learn from him how he's leading and serving differently through the COVID time. And now how he, yeah, as he's leading a church in a metropolitan area, urban area, what his lessons he's learned, how he's seeing leadership and, and how he's, yeah, he sees the future of missions and the church and what God's been speaking to him um, throughout this time. He's someone I greatly respect and deeply love, and yeah, just a, just a phenomenal time to just sit down and learn from him. He, he loves missionaries. He loves missions. He wants to see the gospel proclaimed, and I, I just think it's a, a valuable time to sit down and learn learn from him. Do want to ask you to continue to send in your questions for Back Channel with Foth. That's where we sit down with Dick Foth and uh, get to share listener Q curated questions, and that's just uh, always a phenomenal time to sit down with Dick and just really, really enjoy that. And I do want to ask you to continue to subscribe to the podcast. I know the podcasts I subscribe to are the ones I listen to because they're there on Monday morning, and I I see my playlist um, for the week, and that helps me, uh, yeah, learn and grow. And uh, through the process, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to be here again today with uh, my friend, spiritual father, mentor, Pastor Mark Lehman. Pastor Mark, welcome back to the podcast. Man, it's great to be back with you. You guys are just, uh, I love you guys, you know, you and Heather, but also the podcast has had a huge impact. Everywhere I go in the world, I hear about it. So may that continue. Uh, And uh, the map, last time we interviewed, it was in Madagascar, it was raining, and um, I was running around the house. This time I'm in Nairobi, Kenya with a map of West Virginia behind me, and uh, God's good. So... But crickets in, you know? What's that? You have to represent. <laughs> That's what Heather said. Um, I don't know if she likes the map, but anyway, it's on the wall. It gets yeah. it get comments looking like a dead turkey and all kinds of things, but it it is the home state I am from. So, Pastor Mark, um, the purpose we've been going back and and talking and um, 
engaging with the leaders that we interviewed before COVID really hit. And then honestly, the reckoning with racial injustice. So it's not just COVID, but the lessons that leaders have learned over the last two, two and a half years, um, as we've been through a very turbulent time around the world, not just in the United States. And so I appreciate you um, being willing to um, engage again and uh, let us hear from your heart uh, the lessons you've learned. I've, I've, you and I have had several conversations over this time, but I just thought it'd be great to just come back. So first test and I, First question I have um, for you today is how do you consider yourself different today than maybe the first time that we did this interview about two and a half years ago? Yeah, it's a lot's happened two years. It feels like 20 years, you know, but I, I think I told you, Aaron, a few weeks, few months ago, I felt like I really felt I trusted God before, before COVID, but I realized during COVID how little I trusted God hmm. and I had to trust him more because in 2000. 19, even early 20, man, things were going, everything's going well. I can pretty much figure out what's going to happen. And then in 20, March of 20, I could figure out nothing, hmm. you know? And I think that's really, I think the dependence on God has just grown, which has been a really fun thing for me, actually. I felt like I know him better, but I also, I felt like I had to know him better because I couldn't make the decisions. I told someone, I told our church on Sunday, I've made more decisions the last two years than I had in the previous 20. Wow. Because you're deciding every day something different, you know, here we're near D.C. And it's not like some parts in America where there's where no COVID. Like West Virginia, there was no COVID. <laughs> there was COVID here. So, but you had to make decisions on what's going to happen, what's going to take place, how you can get people to different places. But I think really, honestly, the one thing I'm thinking I'm different is, I think I really do depend on him more now. Yeah. And uh, it's been really a great realization. It's been a sad realization, too, because I thought, if I were dependent on him before COVID, like I do now, yeah. how would I have been different? So I don't live with regrets, but I look back and I say, thank God for these last two years. You yeah. know, deserts are really difficult for all of us when we go through it. But sometimes deserts are the first, the best time for us with God that he teaches us things. So for yeah. me, that's what it's been primarily. Yeah. And what does it practically look like? You you share that you're more dependent on God. Is there certain practices that, that you're yeah. working through in the last two years or? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually praying a lot more to be honest with you. I mean, I hate to say the basics, but the basics are yeah. like right now I'm intentionally like reading the word at least like 30 minutes a day. Okay. I, I read, and I, I didn't do that before. Yeah. I would read, read the Bible every day, like, you know, five or six chapters right. to make sure on the version I'd get right. through it in a year, you know, <laughs> but I, don't feel like, I feel like now I'm just being honest, but yeah. I, I feel like now I want to read the word yeah. and it's like growing. So you know, I'll take 30 minutes a day, every day, and just read the word. And the first thing, like we talked about before, first thing I do in the morning is pray. And then the first thing I read in the morning is the word. I yeah. won't do anything, no matter, even with Ukraine going on now and all this stuff going on, I won't turn to the, you know, any kind of yeah. news out at first, because I felt like, you know, God, you know, it's happening anyway. Yeah. Uh, why, if I trust you, then I can trust you for the next five minutes or 30 minutes until I yeah. look at the news. Sure. So really, those are the two things. And honestly, I think probably for me is, sort of appreciate him more, the vastness hmm. of, of, uh, of God, you know, yeah. even since two years ago, when we talked about it, Aaron, it, God has been so good to us and so good to you and I, and, and to everybody in the planet, actually. But think about the last two years. I told my people a couple weeks ago, I said, you know, you should thank God. It's two years now, almost to the day yeah. here in Maryland yeah. that we really hit COVID for the first time in, in about two years. We, we didn't have masks on Sunday. So wow. I want you to understand yeah. We're so close to D.C. Yeah. So I said, listen, if you're here today, you better thank God that you're still here, you know, not just because yeah. COVID, but, you know, the stress of 
our country. Yeah. Anxiety is intense, and yeah. uh, I mean, suicide is rampant, hmm. uh, especially here in our country and around the world too. So, I think yeah. those are the practical things, and I think probably for me is sort of enjoy the ride a little bit more. Okay, you yeah. know, it's so, good. It's a good. You know, it's been like it's been the hardest two years of my life, ministry wise, but the best two years of my life, ministry wise. It's yeah. like. So it's it doesn't make sense, but sometimes God doesn't make sense with me. For sure. And you shared that you've had you made more decisions the last two years than you probably made in you said I think 20 years was what yeah. you said. Yeah. And that those decisions impact it impacts people's spiritual life, their emotional life, and is your is your leading. How have you have you how have you navigated that? Yeah, I think for me, and I think uh, that's something I, I I don't know if everyone feels this way or not, but I think it's changed my leadership style. Um, and you know me, Aaron, for a long, long time. It used to be like, okay, I'll take the call. Let's go. I don't do that anymore. I'm super collaborative now the last couple of years on okay. everything. Okay. So final decisions oftentimes are left with me, but I really lean on leadership people here in our church, like two or three people. You know, of course, my wife, you know, my wife, she right. speaks to me all the time. My kids speak into my life. But as, I think that collaborative has been fun because then it's not like, okay, he made a call as a bad call. No, yeah. we made a call together. Yeah. And it was the best call we could make at that point. Yeah. Uh, so like, just for example, when COVID hit first day, you know, we were meeting together. At that time, our staff was like, I don't know, it was 80 people, 75, 80 people. And um, we needed a determination. We're going to pay every staff member. Yeah. We're not going to do that. So we, we began to pray like prayers. Okay, God, just provide enough offering every month, every week to pay one, one week's payroll. And uh, so we did that as a staff and the whole staff knew it. So we have a school that actually ended up having to close, but we paid them for months. We had a daycare that was closed like for a year and a half. We paid a year. We paid them the entire time. Now, I don't know how God did it, but we made the determination that we're going to put people first and we were not going to get introverted. But the collaborative leadership, I think, and that's something I was reading something the other day. I hope more and more people are going that route, not to deflect from there needs to be some kind of person making the final call. I get that. But but taking it from different facets to see things. And so I have people who are just, you know, Pastor Arnold. Yeah. Well, he's one of those people who just speak in my life. And he's been the guy, uh, I, as far as with COVID, he's been my security guy. So people ask me about what we do with COVID. I said, ask him. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Every decision with COVID, like mass, no mass. Well, we're, you know, people in our area have been asking not, not not so much now. Can you give me a pass for, you know, religious exemption for vaccine? I said, ask him, you know, so it's much easier for me that way, you know. <laughs> oh, my lads, for sure. You should see him doing that. He's been wonderful. Sent, and so many other people in our church who really helped to lead through this time. And really, it's been a really phenomenal season, even though it's been super, super hard. And we've been following your your sermon series that you've been leading at the church, and you've been touching on some difficult or, or not difficult issues, but maybe some some subjects that the broader church or certain people are not willing to necessarily delve into. Has your mind changed at any at all on those certain areas? And what gave you the the courage and the impetus to to engage in in these difficult conversations? No, I think that's a good question. I think that the COVID has changed me in that. I did a series like that before COVID. But I was like a little, sort of a little bit more uh, worried about what people were going to think. Now I don't worry at all because 
Because what are they going to do? I mean, people are like, it's it's a pandemic, right? Yeah. And now you got the war in Ukraine and all this stuff going on. And you think about eternity now. And so now I, I do think God's giving me a, people have said to me, Pastor, you're like, you're so like in our face right now all the time. And 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 then, and then they say, and I like it, you know? So I, but <laughs> people have, are so used to in our world and all of the people who watch this podcast or be part of it or listen to it in the future have all these different streams who are yelling at them. And one of my staff, one of my leadership people said to me, now it comes down to whoever has the loudest voice you listen to. And that's true with media and stuff like that. We don't even know if it's true or not. I mean, the largest podcast in America is Joe Rogan, right? That's right. And some guys love him and some, but people listen to him like he's God, right? And I'm not against her. I'm just saying. Right. But I think the church needs to be like clear to say, if we aren't clear, then the world would be clear for us. And, uh, you know, I, one of the, you, you probably been listening, but one of the messages a couple weeks ago, we talked about now, you know, five years ago, there were two genders. Now there are 81 genders. Yeah. You know, and just the idea of that search for identity is really a call for help. You know, I really believe it's a cry for help. And I think the church, me, including me, has really failed that because we sort of did our own thing before COVID. And now God says, hey, I've, I've shaken you up now. Be bold. And I, I feel like, you know, I think too many churches are, they, they accent the, the minors and they yeah. don't really augment the majors. Yeah. And so that's why in our country, COVID was an issue, politics was an issue, you know, who you voted for is an issue. And if you made those an issue, you lost, yeah. totally lost. And yeah. not, only, not only, you may have been popular in your church, but you lost kingdom stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I think, I think probably that way too, it's just the idea of the freedom to say, all right, what are they going to do to me? You know, so, and and I think it's not so much our people, our people, I'm not worried about the church folks, but really, because now everything's online and you think about how that received. And I'm thinking, well, if I don't say it, who's going to say it? Yeah. So would you be willing to share one of the, one of the bigger, biggest challenges you've run into in the last maybe two, two and a half years and um, how God has helped you walk through that and how you've, how you've worked through that? Yeah. I think a personal challenge in leadership has been to realize how divided the church is. Not necessarily our church, but the church in general in America. I don't know about the rest of the world churches. I know in this church, it's been so divided. And it was super challenging, especially then we think about in 20 and then even 21 with the racial unrest here in our nation and all that's going on. And you know, Aaron, that we have 75 nations in our church. And so it's not like I can't pass it off and say, well, you know, those people, it's right. us, right? Yeah. And I think it really hurt me to think about how we as a church, and I, I'm part of this too, I'm not pointing fingers. We as the Church of Jesus have done such a poor job in, in allowing people to drift into their own realms of what they think things are. You know, mm-hmm. you're using the, the, the verse from uh, John 1.14, that uh, God, Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. And most people want to have our grace and our truth and mm. sort of dictate what our truth is. Yeah. And Christians, I'm not talking about unbelievers or, or people who aren't followers of Jesus yet, but I think Christians have done a poor job of making truth about things that really aren't don't matter. Hmm. Or they got so focused on that. So that, to me, was the hardest thing to navigate. Yeah. Um, not only here locally, but people want me to do different things that I said, I can't do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go off, off track. And I would say one of the things that the hardest thing has been to see people who I love leave our church because I was not political enough because I was not against 
vaccines. Right. And that's been really hard. And most pastors in America have dealt with that. Yeah. And people who I care for, I mean, they're yeah. not bad people, yeah. but they got distracted by stuff. And I was thinking about Pilgrim's Progress, you know, you get in the slough, despond, and all of a sudden everything is the worst thing yeah. in the world. Yeah. It, it bothered me and it, it, it frustrated, I think, me more than anything else when people who should be better at focusing on Jesus um, allowed other things to distract them so much. Hmm. So the vast majority of our people have been phenomenal. Our churches has really touched more lives. We'll see, I'll talk about that in a minute during COVID than we ever did before COVID, yeah. not just online, by the way, in person, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. But uh, I just think it still hurts me. I mean, I got an email last week of someone leaving the church because, you know, they wanted me to be more political yeah. and I'm saying, I can't do it. I'm yeah. not going to go there because what's the, what's the end of that? And they're talking, they want me to endorse certain candidates and certain positions. And, and um, I just look at Jesus and how did he model that? Yeah. You know, so I think that's been the hardest thing, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and then the other hard thing was just the the wearing, tearing on every, everyone emotionally. And every yeah. leader who listens to this or been part of that. I, I, I'll go back to my one of my favorite movies is The Princess Bride. And I always think about when uh, when they think uh, when they take him down into that pit of torture and they have him on a, a machine, they pull up. a. have just sucked one year out of your life, you know, yeah. and I feel like. The last two years, like, sucked like 20 years out of our life. And I think emotionally, I don't think any of us have understand how much it's taken a toll on us. Yeah. Wherever setting you've been. How do you still care for, for people that you said some, you got an email, they wanted you to uh, take a political stance and, you know, you, you're, you're focusing on Jesus. You're not going to do that. How do you still care for them and, um, and not take it so personal? It's hard. It's hard. You know, I've learned the hard way though. This I, I tell my people from the pulpit all the time. I don't mind when, when bad people leave. If, if you're a troublemaker, go out, go on. <laughs> I tell people, well, when good people leave that really are good folks and then yeah. they get distracted, it's yeah. hard. And yeah. so what I, I wrote back a letter and I wrote, I said, listen, I'm really sorry to hear that. We love you. We, we bless you. And I always put in the phrase, as long as you're going after Jesus, I bless that. Yeah. And, and who am I to say, you know, who am I to say it's so hard, but one thing I think in leadership and ownership of everything we do, and this is why that collaborative leadership has been good. So whether ministry you're part of, if you're a global worker, if you're a church leader, if you're a business leader, I think you have to understand it was not yours. And hmm. so when people like leave, it's not necessarily directly against you. Yeah. But if you, if you make it everything about you, then you're going to feel this kind of torment. Yeah. As a young pastor, I felt that torment for years. I thought, man, how can you leave me? You know, what are you doing to me? What did I do wrong? Can I change? And then I realized if I change, all I'm doing is moving the bar their way. Yeah. And then they're going to dictate from their point on. And I think so many leaders have, even good leaders in our country have caved into uh, pressures over the last two years. Yeah. And because they didn't want to lose people. Yeah. And I think that that's a very small mindset to look at your own fishbowl and say, the only people that God cares for are the people in my church. Hmm. And um, so, uh, again, I, to I told him I'm going hard now. I just don't, I just go hard, you know. I don't. Wow. Uh, but I, I think it's been a really interesting thing. It, it's hard. It's painful. But I think you say, hey, Lord, I bless them. You know who they are. You know what they need. And uh, sometimes they come back. And if yeah. they come back, praise God. But when they come back into our church, they have to go back to their membership again because yeah. things have changed. You know? <laughs> so. how, how has the Holy Spirit um, 
cared for you personally and then as, as a leader over the last two and a half years? Yeah, just amazing. You know, I think that Manifred each day has been like uh, one of the best things. I, I really think he has given us manna for each day. And uh, if you were told me two years ago, it had been two years that this was going to happen. I remember you know, our president back then was saying, well, by Easter, it's going to be over with. You know? <laughs> and we were all banking on that. And, yeah. uh, and, and I, I think that somehow the Holy Spirit gave us what we needed at that moment. Yeah. So I know sometimes my wife and I, I give huge credit to my wife. We're having our anniversary this week and we're celebrating. And, um, but during that early time, I realized I, I had to keep our people focused. And so every Tuesday night, I said, D, listen, just hop on a Zoom call with me and we'll have whoever wants to get on the Zoom call. Just do it. And D is not an upfront person. You know that. She's an yeah. upfront. She's behind the scenes. She does a great job with our women in our church, but she's not an upfront person. And I said, just be one time. Just be one time. And uh, and we get on there. And at that time, people were like freaking out. And there was no new TV shows. You're all in reruns, right? right? <laughs> and, uh, so we sit there like for an hour and a half, two hours and have our people like zoom yeah. in and you know, hundreds of people, you know, we had Greg and Sandy Mundus tell their story. Yeah. We had thousands of people get on there that time. And, and uh, like four months later, we were still doing it. Yeah. And uh, we looked at each other beforehand, like very before we go on, I know how you do this with podcasts. And I said, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. And I said, these people have no life at all. You know, they have to come <laughs> with us so we we try to bring stuff in but it, and even though we look back and the and i said i don't know how god did that i just feel like it seriously it was like the holy spirit said i'll give you what you need today yeah don't try to don't try to draw it again for tomorrow because tomorrow's gonna have some dynamics you didn't know about wow and it was almost like you know that in the in the scriptures it talks about that he he, he makes a desert a valley of pools yeah, yeah. it's just like that like god said okay just take this yeah. and there were some days man i you know, like all of us, we worked harder than ever before, but uh, it is we need to look back now and say, God, you gave us what we needed that day at that moment. Yeah. And not, not that we were perfect in the whole process, but. Uh, and you did, I, you did Facebook, uh, like Facebook live, Facebook devotionals every morning. I mean, it was, I mean, you, you, you were very intentional to care. And I think that's, you know, you know, my heart for caring for people, um, but yeah. it was, it was palpable your love um, for the people that God has called you to shepherd and, and to care for them in a, in a trying time that there wasn't a game plan to follow. And mm -hmm. I think that's sometimes we have to give ourselves a little bit of, we should give ourselves a lot of credit because there wasn't mm -hmm. really wasn't a game plan um, to yeah. know exactly yeah. how to do yeah. it. Last time I asked you a question uh, about two and a half years ago about discipling the next generation. And um, so what did you want uh, David and Matthew as you, as they watched their dad leave, during this these turbulent times obviously they're you're their father um they're both involved in ministry um they they love jesus what did you want them to see um as their father and then as you discipled them through because you're all yeah you were leading them through these these two and a half yeah. years too yeah uh, great question thanks so much for that yeah my oldest son david is a pastor in new jersey and my youngest son he has a full-time job with a great company and he has a full-time job with me too <laughs> Uh, but I think the idea I wanted him to say that you don't cower back, hmm. you don't shrink back. And I think that was an important thing for them to say, what can we do? Not what can't we do? You know, there was a time in our state in Maryland, different from West Virginia, that we were not even allowed to get out of the house. You couldn't leave the house. And some of you guys who in different countries know all about this. You can leave right. the house. And yeah. so Dee and I would take a drive every day just to clear our minds. Yeah. And there'd be no one on the street. Everyone was like pointing fingers at us. Oh, you're breaking the law. <laughs> 
<laughs> but, but I think the idea, and with the churches, we're not going to shrink back. We're going to keep moving. So there are, there are churches in our area, and after two years, are just opening now. I mean, mega churches are just opening wow. now because the fear is so great. I said, we're not going to be afraid. We're going to keep moving forward. We're going to do it, what God wants us to do. And I think the idea, how can we touch more people? Yeah. And they have done a great job. David did a great job as a pastor. Matthew has here too with our young adults. And then also he's a super creative right now and doing helping us move forward out of COVID, yeah. out of the COVID season. But I think the main thing I wanted to convey to them is God's going to be faithful. And no matter what takes place. And at that time there was fear, you know, we don't know who's going to die, who's not going to die. Yeah. And, uh, or, you know, who's going to be affected, who's going to be impacted. But yeah. I think just we keep moving. Yeah. I think that was really, honestly, it's always like I, I told people over and over again, I felt like I was in uh, Rocky Balboa's movie with, with the Russian. <laughs> don't don't figure that out with Ukraine right now. Right. When he's getting pulverized and Rocky says, I'm still standing here. I'm still standing here. And I felt like sometimes with all this stuff going on with the enemy, I said, I'm still standing here. We're still going. And I think that's sort of the determination, even yeah. though it was hard emotionally and uh, you know, sometimes, you know, as a church pastor, you you love your people. For the first four months, you're just speaking to a camera. You yeah. know, it's just, you know, I didn't see people. We had, yeah. you know, 85,000 square feet in our building. We couldn't have 10 people in the building yeah. uh, for like four months. And so I think what's so good about God is he's been so faithful to us. Yeah. But I think for my boys, they saw that and it grew them to it. Their own walk with God has grown over the last two years of COVID because yeah. they had no choice. It's either like you grow or you fall away and you drift. And a lot of Christians have drifted yeah. into other things they shouldn't have drift, drifted with. Yeah. So when you look, I, when you look across the, you mentioned about some church leaders and different, uh, is there a leader or uh, one or two leaders that you said, wow, they really led well during this, these two and a half years where it was tough leading. You know, I, I was thinking about that, Aaron, and be real blunt with you. The yeah. only people I think did a great job were the people who didn't didn't get sucked into politics, didn't get sucked into uh, anti whatever, and who kept kept pushing forward. Yeah. And I don't know those names, but Jesus does. Yeah. And I I don't think there was like one prominent people because some of my heroes got sucked in. Yeah. Some of the people that I felt like man they were like untouchable. They're going to do it well. Then they got. Involved and some of them regretted it. I remember I'm not going to mention the name, right? For sure. One guy who I think is a great communicator, and most people who are in the part of this podcast would know his name. Uh, he was asked some question during the whole racial unrest, and he made an off the cuff statement. Yeah, and I'm not going to say what it is, but right. It is. I thought to myself, "What? How dumb are you? Why would you say that?" Right. But again, he's coming from a certain perspective of a certain ethnicity. Yeah which he is, and he's speaking out of that ethnicity rather than speaking out of Jesus. Yeah. So to be honest with you, Aaron, I, there are some really great small church pastors For sure. and leaders who did phenomenal. Yeah. And there's some great large church pastors who did phenomenal. Yeah. But there's others on both those spectrums who did horrific. Yeah. And I don't think, it's almost like we don't know, I read the other day, you're a doctor, that they don't realize the effect of COVID even yeah. on your brain long-term. Yeah. And I feel like people don't understand the effect of not leading towards Jesus during these two years long-term. You know, everything in, in America, oh, let's get back and let's have church like it was before. I tell my people every day, we're not going back. Yeah. Um, and I think to, to, to going back to what? Yeah. Was it that good before COVID? You know, were we really like reaching so many people for Christ before COVID? I think God really stirred things up. But to answer a question, I don't know if I can answer one person. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, and but I, and I know a lot of my friends who I really respect and a lot of people that I honor and, and people who I don't know, but revere, uh, they got distracted and I think it's cost them. And I think, and I, and I, I think, think too. Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, Please. I just think the, the, the challenge is, is when you're tired and you're wore down, and as you're a leader, if every word you say is analyzed, you know, it's, I think that's what the lesson I've learned over the last two and a half years is, man, when I'm tired and worn out, that's probably not the time to be, to be, to be, <laughs> to be talking. Yeah. Because if you're not you, quickly, you can talk out of your own opinion, your own thoughts, rather than being led by the Holy Spirit. And um, then that's, you, you can get yourself in trouble pretty quick. Um, yeah. And, and, and usually I make mistakes when I just do off, the, you know, shoot off the hip, you know, and just yeah. make the best call. That's why that collaborative leadership, which I'm trying to do more and more, I'm not perfect at it. But I, I also have learned the hard way the last couple of years. Someone taught me this a long time ago, and I use it all the time. I reserve the right to be smarter tomorrow than I am today. <laughs> the podcast. That's so true. the idea is, hey, let's just pray about it. Let's wait. We'll make the call tomorrow. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And 24 hours make a difference. Is your, is your looking to lead to, through to the future? And um, is there anything specific that God's laying on your heart? Yeah. I think, honestly, Aaron, I talked about this a moment ago. I felt like we were too much isolated as a church personally. And, you know, we do things around the world. We're right. in 115 countries now and stuff like that. Our church is. But locally here, I felt like even that the church was growing, you know, multiple services. We were talking about this because Easter's coming up, you know, 2019 Easter. We had, you know, five services and stuff like that. Well, now you know, we're just getting like people back now, you know. Right. So I think Barna says if you're at 70 percent, you're doing great right now yeah. across the country. But I think what it did, it pushed us to say you got to do church differently. So that's when I said, you know, we were actually touching more people's lives. So, you know, Pastor Arnold has started ministries um, that just came out of necessity yeah. in D.C., Annapolis, and Bowie. And so we've actually touched more people in person during COVID than we ever did before. Yeah. And I think what that he's saying to us afterwards, don't have this kind of like sort of like uh, I remember on Star Trek, they always you know put the tractor beam on. And that yeah. tractor beam would go back to 2019, you know. I feel like so many churches, oh, let's go back and let's just yeah. go for it and come to our church and all that kind of stuff. And I think the world has changed and, and Christians and leaders who don't realize that are going to be left out. And what's worse than that, I think the kingdom will not advance. And so I'm asking God, Lord, how do you want us to do differently hmm. in every leadership, in reaching more people, even, even that series you're talking about, the fact of saying, yeah. let's just say it because people are thinking it. Right. Let's just say it. So I think that's part of a, a big part of the transition. And I really honestly, Aaron, I don't know what it's going to look like. But I, I do feel like I'm almost asking God, like you've done for two years, Lord, with that manna. Give me, give me manna for this day. Yeah. This day. But don't let me go back. And I, I do pray that prayer. And I tell our people, we're praying we don't go back. Yeah, we want people to come. Absolutely. Yes, we want to have folks online. Absolutely. And God's blessed us with that. But if that's the only thing you have. Yeah. Then we're not really impacting the world. Hmm. And it's really it. And then I wonder how many times Jesus looks back even before 2019 and said, you know, who said to do church this way? Yeah. You know, who said you had to have a growth plan to do church? You know, Jesus' growth plan was follow the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be hyper-spiritual here. I'm just right. trying to say in my own life, it's almost like God knocks the blocks out of you, you know, sort of the Jenga type moment to say, what are you thinking? You yeah. put this all together, but you didn't forget about, you forget about this piece, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, 
I feel like moving forward, I hope and pray that the church in general and specifically leaders and uh, global workers would, would stop depending on what they've known from the past. And, and I would say this, Aaron, and you know, you and I have been friends a long time. And I hope I'm not the same person I was when I first met you. But I hope I'm not the same person I was before COVID. I hope I won't be the same person a year from now. And it's easy to say that, but it's almost like God forces change. Hmm. But then you can still resist it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah. Pastor Mark, you have a palpable uh, understanding of what's going on in the United States. And uh, a lot of people that listen to this podcast are global workers. And um, mm-hmm. how has missions, um, global workers, um, that's probably in the last two and a half years. I, I used to call it missionaries. Now we're calling them global workers. Yeah, um, exactly. There's been a shift in lingo on that. And um, what what wisdom advice do you have for missionaries that are listening in, global workers listening in? And uh, they're trying to understand how this, how they can continue to engage in what God's called them to do and also interacting with the American church. Well, great question. And again, you know, I love people who are global workers or missionaries, whatever they call themselves or whatever they want to do, because I'm, I'm trying to make sure I do the global workers now, too. I get in trouble when I don't. But I would say a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, I think you've got to, to recognize things have changed. So you talked about the Facebook Live I did. I'd never done one of those before COVID hit, but I felt like God said, you got to do something. So I think, I think it'd be creative uh, ideas for global workers to convey the message as as clearly and as practically and as often as they can. Probably the way of newsletters has gone and the way of emails even are going, unless you have some kind of video component or picture in there. So I would really challenge uh, global workers to think about how can I put like a two minute just video to say, hey, thank you so much. Yeah, You know, I, I got a couple of those during COVID. I was so blessed by that. Uh, a few, several more than a couple, I guess, just people say, hey, thanks for what you did. And that meant so much to me. And I think relationships have changed in people. So I think that's a possibly idea. Number two is, I think probably to get ready, if you're coming home off the field, you'll be shocked how much the world has changed in America. Hmm. I mean, it's dynamically different than it was two years ago hmm. and not good different. Um, and, and unfortunately, the infiltration in the church has really caved in. So I, I would think that, um, I'd sort of prepare yourself if you're coming off the field to yeah. come home. I would ask people, do you know, back home, what's it like? So I can, cause I've had people come home and we have a couple of missionary families standing with us now two global worker families. And, uh, they were shocked and their kids just were shocked how things had changed so yeah. much. So I think those two things are really important. And then number three is, I think you almost have to think that, uh, you know, Francis Schaeffer said this years and years ago that we were in a postmodern and post-Christian world. I remember the first time I heard that. I said, that guy, I don't want to accept that. Yeah. But now I accept that. You know? <laughs> so, so I think things are saying change so much against people's rationale. And even within the church, you know, things have been accepted that were not accepted any longer. So one of the things that's accepted now is I'll do missions my way and I'll do my mission deo in my own church and that's it. So pastors have got to know as much as you can. And some of you guys cannot share because it's sensitive countries and things going on. They've got to know, Hey, here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. Love to have you partner with me. But then you almost need to have, if I can say it, that sort of that Rocky Balboa mentality, yeah. whether you do it or not, I'm still standing here. Yeah. 
you sometimes you look at churches and leaders and pastors, whether our source or our people who are resourcing us as our source, they're not the source. Yeah. And I, I feel like even what's going on with all these believers now in Ukraine, but hundreds of thousands praying and saying, God, in, in bomb shelters, God, and they're reading through the Psalms and the same books I'm reading, you're reading, and saying, God, you'll be faithful. So yeah. uh, I, th- I think it's a really important thing. Yeah. So I think the other thing is, I would say when you come back or even now interacting with, with churches, I think that as much as you can, you almost need to be the same way you, you came and learned the culture in your area, you almost have to come and learn the culture here. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's sure. transcended that so much. So I, I, I'm not, I'm very hopeful because many churches, guys, you know, for global workers, know many churches actually increased their missions giving. Yeah. Time. So our church 2020 was our largest missions giving ever. 2021, we actually took a dip in income and actually gave more. So 21 was our largest missions giving ever. So other churches are like that now because what, what you have going for you as a global worker now is things now people do get eternity more. Hmm. And so I tell people, listen, we got to do this now. So I stood up on Sunday. I said, you know, we don't know what's about tomorrow is going to happen. Not fearful, but to say, we got to invest now in Ukraine, in different parts of the world, all that kind of stuff happening. And I think what's so cool, Aaron, it really has the people who wanted to be the remnant in the real trends have got focused and understood that. Yeah. The people who got off and left because they want, you know, Gideon gives them right to go home. They went home or they're still in church, but they might as well be home. Yeah. Um, I feel like I think there's a really good thing. I, th- I think folks should be encouraged that people are getting it more than ever before, that what we're doing is kingdom and what we're doing is eternity. And they're grabbing hold of that in a lot of cool ways. Yeah. And there's different sort of variations of that in our country right now. But there's some really good things happening there. So I want you to be encouraged too. I think be creative and be encouraged. Yeah. And it, it, it honestly, for me, it's been interesting to see because logically you would have thought support giving insular focus, that would be the direction, but it's, that has been one encouraging thing. Not that, not just, there's just, there's more than one, but as we, I've seen the church from a distance, there's been, there's been many churches that have not only increased giving, but they've increased the prayer and they've increased their engagement um, connection with um, global workers that are, that are serving in their desire and that connection. So it's, that was, you answered my question was how were you making the connection and, and you feel that it's more the focus on eternity that people have yeah. grasped the, that, that importance of eternity and, and that's why their engagement. And do you, do you think that is something that will continue or do you think that that'll dissipate if, as we move out of this COVID, COVID time? That's the question, right. That's the huge question because, you know, I go back 20 years to nine yeah. 11. Yeah. Everyone's on you know, top of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You go back to COVID the last two years, it was like focused and passionate and going after it. And, and part of me says in the midst of all the chaos, God really has been working. Yeah. And I think the chaos, it was like a wake up call for all of us Yeah, to say, like I said to you before, the first thing today, I realized how much I didn't depend on God. Not that I don't love Jesus. I always love Jesus. I'm not saying I don't love him. I'm not saying I'm, I love him more. I just depend on him more now, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, for but sure. But I think that uh, for all of us, the question is, will that last? Uh, Kerry Newhoff, who you follow and I follow, and I know you've had interaction yeah. with him makes a statement the other day because every pastor, every leaders who say, what about the, you know, what about the support? What about the finances? And uh, he says the trend is probably that going forward, he feels that people will go back to old ways and actually give less. Yeah. And so that's why I would say to to global workers, be creative in your interaction 
And uh, it doesn't hurt to even ask the leaders to say, hey, what's the best way to interact? Yeah. I think more and more people want to know because the world has been connected more than ever before now, even in the last two years. Yeah. So, you know, there's not a time that you guys are not connected somehow to somebody here and vice versa. Yeah. I think going forward, you're going to have to trust God more because I think, unfortunately, I tell our people, Jesus is great and yeah. kingdom, his kingdom is moving forward. But unless you're a kingdom now theologist, things are yeah. not going to get better, you know? <laughs> Just the reality. Yeah, Just it's a reality. reality. I mean, even the last week here, the gas prices are going crazy. People, I told people, you're worried about gas prices, and people in Ukraine are worried about bombs. Yeah, I said, put that in perspective. Yeah, so for sure, Pastor Mark, it's been an honor to spend some more time with you today. We pray for us in whatever direction you would like, and that's how we'll close it out today. I'd love to. I just want to thank God for every person who will be part of this podcast now, not only this one, but in the days to come. I thank God for the grace that you've given us, Lord, step by step. Grace that, that we knew you were giving us and grace we didn't know you were giving us. Thanks for the manna that came right on time. Some people are right now, I'm just feeling this as I'm praying, that are saying, that's easy for you, Pastor. You're in a whole different world than I am. and Maybe so, but probably not. Same needs, same confusion, same God. I pray encourage and strength, and I pray, God, for great hope. Even now, as they listen to this, I pray for hope to fill their hearts. And I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that they would understand, man, God, maybe I haven't depended on you enough. Maybe I haven't leaned in enough. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, for grace over kids and over families. Pray especially for global workers and their families, Lord God, that uh, the world has changed radically and the pressures on them are intense. I pray, Lord, for covering and protection. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you be their shield and their rear guard. But I also pray, Lord God, for great hope over leaders, church leaders, as well as global workers. Please, Lord God, may we understand you are the source, always have been, always will be, and that you were faithful yesterday and you're not stopping tomorrow. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.